0: Or do we have seeds? I don't know if any of you got games for Christmas this year, and if you did, whether any of them are memory games. Some people are really good at memory games. Uh, Today, six words for you three pairs of words that you're going to need to remember uh, if you're going to get through. They're not on the screen, so you're going to have to listen as well. Uh, Here they are. So the three contrasting pairs are these shepherds and angels, fear and joy, greatness and humility. Okay, so there's three pairs, two words in each. Shepherds and angels, fear and joy, greatness and humility. And if you remember those six words, you'll remember virtually everything I'm going to say that's important today. Uh, When the angels appeared to the shepherds, this scene is described for us in Luke's gospel. And it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah of the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying. In a manger, but the angel said to them, "Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people." I'm sure when they heard that, they thought all the Jewish people, but it was bigger than they thought. It was actually all people. And so our first pair is angels and shepherds. It says there, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Here's our first pair, shepherds and angels. Shepherds were not only poorer people, but they were generally those who were disregarded. They lived out. Did you see that? Living out with their flocks. And they weren't very respectable. People liked them to live out there and not near where they lived. I was thinking today in South Bristol, the equivalent might be if if travelers come and they set up on High Ridge Common or somewhere else nearby and people are fearful. People would say, well, I've got nothing against travelers, but when they come close, people get worried and scared and afraid. And shepherds were a bit like that. They weren't, they weren't respectable. And so people feared them a little bit. And yet it was those ones that the Lord appeared to. The angel of the Lord appeared to them. That was incredibly rare, especially for ordinary people. The angel of the Lord appeared to some very um, prominent people in the Bible, some very well-known and famous people. So Joshua saw the angel of the Lord, um, and others too, Daniel saw the angel of the Lord, Uh, Abraham saw the angel of the Lord, all very important people, but the angel of the Lord actually appeared to the shepherds, and when he did, God's glory, his amazing sense of his presence showed up just how grubby they were, not just on the outside, but on the inside. I don't know if you've ever got really muddy when you didn't intend to. The worst time for me ever didn't happen that long ago. Susan and I were visiting friends of hers who are absolutely lovely, but also millionaires. And I don't know many really wealthy people. And before we decided to go to their house, we decided to go for a walk, which would have been lovely. They live out in the countryside. Who wouldn't want to go for a walk? Um, so we did. And we got towards the end of the walk, and suddenly there was this kind of very muddy bit that we needed to navigate. And I thought, oh, this will be fine, blind optimism as always. My motto is leap and then look afterwards. So I did, and I landed kind of in the mud. I was covered up to about my waist in mud. And we have, we're due to go around to their house for kind of dinner. And there I am looking like the creature from the Black Lagoon. Well, I'd like to say I dealt with this in a very mature way. God is sovereign over all things. This will be fine. I really didn't. I had a complete meltdown like I was two years old. I was saying to Susan, I can't go in like this. You go in with the boys. I'll drive to Sainsbury's, buy a new pair of trousers, drive to my mum and dad's who lived about 15 minutes further on, get change, shower, and come back. And she was like, don't be such a baby. They'll be fine. So we're now knocking on the door of their enormous house. I'm stood there covered in mud, feeling like a complete fool. And they were absolutely fine about it. He literally just went out and gave me a pair of Levi's and just said, that'll be fine. Uh, Off you go. So I was aware of just how grubby and filthy I looked coming into these wealthy people's home. That was a fraction of what those shepherds felt on that day. They saw simply of the greatness, the glory, the holiness of God. And they were aware of how filthy and small, not just on the outside, but on the inside, they were. And it's a reminder to us that God doesn't always reveal his glory to the people we would expect him to. But in this story, he did. And so they see the glory of God, and they are terrified in the presence of these holy angels it says and they were terrified but the angels said to them do not be afraid i bring you great news that will cause great joy for all the people good news that will cause great joy for all the people so jesus came <laughs> to deal with our fears and to bring us joy the shepherds thought they were finished. Often when people saw God, they thought that was going to be the end of them, that actually his holiness would burn them up and consume them. They were afraid. I don't know if any of you here have fears. Some of our fears are with us for life. Some people fear spiders, or they fear the dark, or they fear clowns. I don't know if you've got a, a pet fear. For me, it's heights and speed. So, I'm not good on either of those things. My family always laugh at me, so I get taken to attractions where there are high rides and speed. The worst was when we went to Florida as a family, and my brother took me on a ride called Summit Plummet. Uh, it is huge, it's the second highest water slide in the world. You take a cable car to get to the top if you can't be bothered doing all the steps. We'd I can't remember what we did. I'm so scared. Anyway, I literally lay down at the top with this thing. You reach 60 miles an hour going down there in your trunks. So they tell you to cross your legs. And if you need your mum dad to explain to you afterwards why, speak to them later. Uh, And so you have to do that. And they lie you down. So I'm lying like this, gripping on. And I'm not moving, but I'm already screaming. And my brother, who's a kind and gracious man, is filming the whole thing. And you can hear me screaming and everyone in the queue behind laughing as then suddenly I drop off the edge. And a few seconds later, the world is back to normal, and I'm never doing that again. And I am very, very scared of heights and speeds. But actually, when we're really honest about what we're really afraid of, the thing that tends to scare people more than anything when they are honest is actually the fear of dying. Either their own death or someone close to them that they love. So the first time I can remember hearing about Jesus, I was six. Is anyone six years old in here today? Any six any sixes? No sixes today. That's quite unusual. Any sevens? One seven. We got some. We were one seven, so I was, a little, I was a year younger than Florence when I first remember hearing about Jesus for real. I'd heard about Jesus since I was born, but I don't remember it. Do you know what I mean? There are those moments where you just remember. And my mum put me to bed, and she said she came back in to hit find me crying. And she said to me, are you ill? And I said, no, I'm not ill. I'm just worried. What will happen to me and my brother, who's two years younger than me, um, if anything happens to you? And my mum said to me, she said, Neil, you're not wrong. We could die. Something bad could happen to us, but we trust Jesus. And if anything bad happened to us, we would go to heaven and be with him forever. And when you're older, if you trust in him, then we would all be back together again one day. And my mum says, from being a sobbing wreck, I just rolled over and went to sleep. Because the truth is, that's great news. And even as a little boy, I could believe those things were true and real. And so my fear was transformed at least to peacefulness. I'm not sure it was great joy. But it is actually a joy to know Jesus. Don't be afraid. Our biggest fears Jesus can deal with. I bring you good news. News that's so good that it will cause great joy for all the people. Can actually transform fear to joy even when life's really hard. So Simon was talking a couple of weeks ago about joy being a happiness that just doesn't depend on our circumstances, but totally depends on what Jesus has done for us. I've seen that many, many times in my life. People in this church going through really tough and difficult times, and yet still experiencing deep joy because they know Jesus, and they know their lives are safe in his hands. So, shepherds and angels, fear and joy. Our last pairing here is this one. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So the last one here is greatness on the one hand and humility on the other. God came down to save him ever he pleases. You know, Before the Messiah arrived, before Jesus came, everyone knew he was going to be great. For a thousand years, they'd been waiting for a king who was greater than David. So in the story, everybody declares the greatness of the the Messiah. So Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Esther read that for us earlier. And then Simeon said these words. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all nations, a light of revelation for the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. So Simeon foresaw that actually this blessing would come for all people. And the wise men who came from a distant land said these words, Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Everyone foresaw that when the Messiah came, he would be great. What they could never have known was how humble he would be. This will be a sign to you, you will see a baby, the one who's great as a baby and placed in a manger, not in a place we would expect to find a great king. But what they didn't know is how far Jesus would go to rescue people like you and people like me. You see, the difference between the shepherds and the angels was great. So great they feared they would die in the presence of God, but it was nothing compared to how great Jesus is and the distance between him and us, all of us. And the Bible says that for Jesus to rescue us, he not only had to take on our flesh, He had to conquer death's sting, and he did that by dying for us on the cross. The Bible says that he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. That was how far down Jesus would have to stoop. The Bible says that he did it for the joy that was set before him. But in those moments, going to the cross and in Gethsemane, he had to conquer his own fear of being separated from his father and going through the agony of death without him side by side, cut off from God by our sin. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. And Jesus went through that for the joy set before him He began to welcome people like you and me into his family. The one who was great became poor and humble so that people like you and me might be lifted up and brought into his family for all eternity. That we could become what we never are on our own. We could become righteous. We could become those who are his children. We could become those who have a hope and a future that no one can take away. Brothers and sisters, it begins at Christmas as Jesus left the glories of heaven and came to earth. It carries on through the whole gospel story to the point where Jesus dies on the cross for people like you and like me. And when he rises again to show that the grave has been conquered and our greatest fear can be behind us if we trust in him. I wonder this Christmas time, are you one of the ones that Jesus came for? Around this world today, thousands of people will put their trust in him. It happens every day. Every single day, the kingdom of God is growing. Every single day, people around this world are saying, this Jesus came for me. And on our worst days, he's good. And on our best days, he's better still. And on everything in between, he is always with those who know, trust, And love him. He will never forsake his own. Those he's come for, he will be with for all eternity. Let me pray. Father, we thank you so much for the wonder of this season when we remember the coming of Jesus. Thank you for all the prophecies about him. Thank you for all that was already known about his wondrous greatness. Thank you that he's King of kings and Lord of lords. But thank you too that he is the one who stooped down to us to rescue us and to bring us into your family. Father, we pray that you would make these things precious to those of us who know you and that we would want to share them with those who don't. And Father, for any here this morning, even this Christmas time, who've been thinking about these things and have felt, as Vlad did, your word burning within them, Father, I pray they put their trust in Jesus this day and live for him. For we ask these things in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.